Welcome to Shroom for Two. Before we get started, I'm very happy to announce that we have a new presenting sponsor. Shroom for Two is brought to you by the giant eyeball in the clouds quietly watching you. We all know it, we all love it, and we're very excited to launch this partnership with it and all of the other brands under its blinky domain. If you would like to know more and find out if a ritual bond is right for you, enter promo code Shroom for Two, the podcast about Plants vs. Zombies Heroes, the card game. It doesn't have a website or anything, so you just have to go outside and yell it to the sky, but it'll probably hear you. Yes, thank you to the Giant Eyeball for sponsoring this episode of Shroom for Two. I'm Taylor. And I'm Mike. And happy new season, everybody. Happy new season, Mike. What did you get in your pinata? I got a pretty good haul that left me on kind of a sour note because uh, one of the legendaries I unlocked was a Shield Crusher Viking, which is now the sixth one I've had, and I need to rant for a little bit because opening a duplicate legendary is very much like a first world one percenter problem, but the longer that we all play, the more this is going to come up for all of you, for some of you older players who've been around and... If you had a four of a card that used to be a super rare and say you get that fifth muscle sprout in a pack from your pinata, that's just a really bad feeling in general. And in a game that sells you things with guaranteed legendary as a keyword in the cash shop, it feels like something that just shouldn't happen anymore. You know, you never feel good about disenchanting your extra legendaries unless it's in full value but you're just kind of stuck with these extra cards. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Um, there's certainly a way to, you know, code a pack opening to to not give you duplicates of things once they reach a certain threshold. Like, um, for the basic cards, you know, like the, the commons that everybody gets and you get with the the whatever the currency that you stop getting once you get all the basics is, you actually don't get cards from that set once you have four of them um like four of a single one and um they could just apply that same functionality to legendaries and stuff that probably wouldn't put too much of it into their bottom line and and would sort of reduce the feel bad factor um but yeah i mean there's only so much you can do yeah i don't mind that other rarities give me duplicates but legendaries are supposed to be awesome and in this game you're able to use four of them in a deck, and that just makes it feel worse in a way. Like, Hearthstone, a while back, had the same dilemma of, you know, opening a second Legendary, which was useless to you, and they eventually made that change so you could no longer op- open duplicate Legendaries. And, yeah. you know, like, I, I'm all for ripping off things that I like from Hearthstone for this game, and <laughs> this would be really high up there on the list, along with, like, Arena and Tavern Brawl for sure. I do see the value in getting players to want to crack more packs in that way because, like, you know, they do build up the excitement of, like, oh, you see the legendary thing coming up and it's, like, the, you know, the the animation plays for, like, several seconds before it actually shows you what the card is. And to have that be a disappointment instead of, a, oh, sweet, a new whatever is is pretty unfortunate. I mean, in some ways, I am slightly less sympathetic to your particular situation because you refuse to disenchant your extra legends until they're uh until they're in like full nerf mode that's right um and so ultimately you're doing this to yourself in some ways and so come on man but um i i do feel your pain 
Well, sitting on those extra legendaries will pay off if they ever get around to nerfing Valkyrie, because I'm sitting on six of those right now. Uh, well, unfortunately for you, in a uh, thread that I'm sure we've all seen now, but uh, we'll link to in the show notes, there was an um, an unofficial list of nerfs and buffs uh, leaked by P-Lover. Um, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to go too specifically into what those were, because they are all uh, unofficial, of course. But um, the big um, takeaway from that thread was that there's a lot of nerfs that seem to be coming for the the Mustache Valkyrie deck, hitting virtually all of the best cards in it except for Valkyrie. Yeah, so Mustache Monument and Regifting Zombie are allegedly going to go up in cost. And also Disco Knot is going to be given one less health. And uh, after spending a little bit of time on the ladder, I'm especially peeved at Disco Knot trying to ladder as a plant player, and part of me thinks, no, this is not enough. Disco Knot should be a 2-0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's being a 2-1 instead of a 2-2, really, It, I mean, it already pretty much dies to everything. There's a few one-power plants that you'd want to play on turn one, and the only one that I can think of that you'd really be excited to trade away uh, would be high-voltage current in that way. Um, and I mean, really, there's a lot of, of pushed one drops that are uh, two ones like a Zombology Teacher comes to mind. And, you know, having Disco Knot in that list of of extra weak one drops seems OK to me just because it is so damn powerful. Yeah, Disco Knot strength is entirely on its effect and its stats almost don't matter. Like it could be a one one and still be just about as powerful. Yeah, agreed. And um, the other big the other biggest uh, takeaway, I think, from that thread was the idea that final mission might go from a one cost trick to a two cost trick. And that would be a pretty big deal. The effect is still quite powerful, just like the effect on escape through time is very powerful, but being able to just kind of slot it into whatever turn you want at virtually no cost to you was a very big contributor to escape through times power. And I think we've all seen quite a bit less of that card since it got nerfed. And I would expect that if, Final Mission were to become a two-cost card, we'd see a lot less of it as well. Yeah, I support reeling back Final Mission, and just being able to delay some of those really potent combos by an extra turn is probably going to do a lot as far as uh, reining zombies in a little bit. Like, being unable to Final Mission your Barrel of Dead Beards until turn four instead of being able yeah. to do it on turn three, I think that'll, no kidding. that'll be real nice. But yeah, these these nerfs, like the cards that are getting worse, I think all of them are zombie cards, and that makes sense. That is notable. Based, based on where the game is right now, like we've seen this back and forth for a little bit while now, and after set four came out, zombies were demonstrably on top, and I wonder when they're going to actually push this in, maybe at the, at the start of the next season, because uh, often we see the card changes happen when the new sets come out, but right. this is probably going to... Like, we're probably ways away from seeing set five come out, but uh, I'm glad that these fixes are coming in before that happens. Yeah, certainly it's a good sign to see that um, that there is still some active management being taken of the of the meta, because in the sort of developer notes that came along with the last set, they say that they were, you know, kind of uncharacteristically taking a much more active approach towards, like, tweaking the power level of stuff to get the metagame to where they wanted it to be. And um, another batch of fixes would be consistent with that. Um, I really don't buy a lot of the stuff I see on the Reddit about the idea that the game is being abandoned and that there's no more development happening because there hasn't been any data mined cards from set five yet. I mean, like 
that is literally exactly what people were saying up until the day that set three came out. Um, and so like those kinds of suppositions about what PopCap's stance on the game is and what the, the focuses of their development team are just because someone didn't find any data mine cards are like very misguided, I think. And uh, the idea that we'd see a big batch of, of card changes before they happen um, should do a lot to assuage people who think that there's nobody working on this game anymore. Yeah. It's probably also going to take more time before uh, the set five stuff starts coming out because sets three and four were designed in tandem and it'll almost certainly take more time before uh, before we start seeing stuff about set five than we did seeing stuff about set four. All right, so before our next segment, Shroom for Two this week is sponsored by Crate Crate. Uh, now, the folks at Crate Crate, they set out to ask a simple question. What are people going to forget they're paying for? With Crate Crate, you'll get something from a different trendy subscription service every month. You know, Crate Crate, they keep you guessing. It could be a box of organic, farm-fresh produce one month, some artisanal plaid shirts the next month, and a precision-engineered German shave kit the month after that. Crate Crate doesn't know what you want, and I mean, really, neither do you. When Crate Crate buys a different trendy subscription service every month to harvest customer data, they're hoping to surprise you with a box of goodies you never knew you cared about. Check out shroomfor2.com sponsor and use promo code JUNK to get 30% off your first box. Craig Crate is a subsidiary of Lockheed Martin Incorporated. Time for the card of the week. And this week we have the Spirus. It is the 2-1 Smarty card. It is a flower root plant, amphibious, and you can tap gravestones to see which zombies are hiding inside of them. So, very unique card, very tactical card, very uh, anti-gravestone, but not hard anti-gravestone card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about it, Taylor? Um, so first of all, that text on the card, you can tap gravestones to see which zombies are hiding them in them. I find absolutely adorable um, because it's a total departure from from basically every other card game like Magic or Hearthstone that tries to be like very, very strict, very, very mechanical, very, very like kind of scientific sounding in the like target creature gets plus x minus y like all that stuff um whereas this is just like hey yeah you can touch it and see what it is figure it out guys you can do it um and so that just like that made me laugh the first time i saw it um but as to spirus itself i think spirus is great if i recall it was a c maybe on sura f's tier list let me look at that i remember it being higher than i expected it to be um i remember it being lower than i expected it to be i think that uh spirus is actually excellent it's it's first of all it's a very low opportunity cost it's a one mana two one with amphibious so like at the very worst it's you know taking care of a um uh mermaid imp that's wearing a bunch of buffs or whatever like you know it's either chump blocking that or trading with it um or a toxic waste imp you know but also it's two very powerful tribes flowers and roots both have a lot of synergy and the the value of being able to see what's in your opponent's gravestones is actually quite high um, the there are some quite tremendous gravestone blowouts that can happen if you play the wrong thing in front of the wrong gravestone, and just not getting tripped up by that is a a very powerful thing. And so I think that Spirus is one of those cards, kind of like Click P, where like unless you have a reason not to run it, it should probably be in just about every deck that can play it. Wow, high praise. I am not as high on it as you are, and. I think it's definitely a very cool card. Like, I like that it has this ability that no other card has, and being a 
a one mana creature that will kill a toxic waste imp that is nice in itself but my problem is that when you're spying on the gravestones knowing about what's coming doesn't always do anything sure in that like oh man it I, I play this virus, and, oh, it's a sumo wrestler zombie, so I can't fill up... I don't have enough mana to fill up all of my lanes to make that happen, so I'm going to get something killed by this, probably even the Spirus. Or, But, like, yeah, it's really cool when you can sniff out a, a binary stars and being able to, oh, man, I, mm-hmm. I need to put something with three attack in front of that, or it will ruin me. Like, that's really nice. I totally forgot this was a flower card. I I feel like I have not seen it in many flower decks that I've come across. Like a lot of the like cheap flowers are used more as sun generation and right, sure. not really seen as something that the amphibious lane plays into a lot of. But you know, having flower that doesn't hurt it at all for sure. Um, yeah, and so, so first of all, quick follow up to that thing I said before. Uh, Spirus is a B on um, on uh, Sura and Justini's plant event uh, list. So that is that is about where I would expect it to be. I think that it's probably on the higher end of the B side. Um, and uh, and as to what you were just saying, you're definitely right that the value on seeing what's in the gravestones is concentrated to only a few specific ones. But knowing what to block and what not to block, just as a matter of taking less damage, is pretty valuable. And then in some cases, like... Um, Pied Piper is is one that comes to mind immediately of like knowing when you're not supposed to play a card in front of it is 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 valuable in some cases or Jester Um, Jester. Yeah, Um, the the other thing is when um, we recommended uh, Blooming Heart as a um, Kabloom card to Kabloom event card to craft, um, we described it as a card with a high floor. Um, Spirus is a card where the the floor and the ceiling are very close to each other. So because it isn't drawing you cards, because it isn't affecting the board by buffing other stuff, I mean, I guess it affects the board a little bit because it tells you where to play stuff, but it doesn't, like, interact with the board the way that a card that, like, comes has a, enters the battlefield trigger would do. And so the, the best case of Spirus and the worst case of Spirus are pretty close to each other, and they're both, like, fine. And I think that that really kind of defines what good filler material in a deck is. So something that has powerful tribal synergy, if it's there to be accessed by you. Um, and so, you know, if you're doing the Star Lord thing, or if you're doing the Briar Rose thing, you know, Spirus isn't hurting you, certainly. Um, and the, the fact that it is always going to block in a hard-to-block lane and could maybe give you some pretty powerful information on seeing what is inside the gravestones means that there's just like basically no downside to it. I mean, it's a two one, but it's also a one drop. Like you can't have everything. Worst case, you're going to lose this to a, a, a conga dancer and not have killed that. But like, that's as bad as it gets. Yeah. Agreed. And even now that's not so bad. I mean like, okay, you lost your turn one play. Oops. There's a lot of other turn one plays that also would die in the exact same matter in exact same manner. So like, whatever. Um, yeah, but like on the other hand, if you're able to kill a swashbuckler with this, that has you feeling great. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, so this is um, this is like not something that I'd go out of my way to grind out four of. But I I would say that you know your your starting position from a smarty deck should be to include one or two of these, unless you have a reason not to. Yeah, it is definitely a very nice, cheap amphibious card with a little bit of attacking power which is not something that 
plants have a lot of early on like back in the day in the early sets when like the cheapest amphibious card you had with some attack power was the cattail yeah and this is definitely way better to use than cattail for sure um yeah and uh the the final thing i'll say about the gravestone part is um normally cards that attempt to interact with the gravestone mechanic come at the cost of doing absolutely nothing unless they're playing gravestones so you know the Cards like Grave Mistake and Grave Buster are basically useless. And if, I mean, cards like that are literally useless unless they're playing Gravestones. Cards like Cool Bean and Blockbuster have their own utility in either tribal stuff or just being like reasonable stats outside of the Gravestone thing. But this, these are, I would say, actively good stats. Yeah. And the, the, the tribal synergy makes it makes it worthwhile even if you don't get any value out of the visibility into gravestones and so this is a way to interact with gravestones that does not come at the expense of a deck slot which is nice sometimes i wish i could figure out what that card is before i play the spirus itself and then realize oh crap i played this in the wrong lane because they played a line dancing zombie or whatever but but that's that's a minor thing this is a Overall, a very good card. You know, it has the same stats as a Vacation Zombie with a really strong effect on top of that and is is worth going after, I'd say, especially in a root deck. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, Spirus is quite good. Mike, why don't you tell me about something else that's good? All right. Let me tell you about FoodTube. FoodTube is the leading in-home nourishment delivery service. We all love the water that comes from our kitchen faucet, but what if we could get food from there? Well, with FoodTube... You can get all the sustenance and nourishment of food without any of the hassle of shopping, cooking, or deciding what you want to eat. Hot, cold, food, it's all right there. Vegan, kosher, halal, doesn't matter. FoodTube will keep you alive. And Shroom for Two listeners can get this great deal. Call now and enter promo code FEEDME to get a free consultation with one of FoodTube's diet and plumbing experts to see if FoodTube is right for you. Also ask about their bedroom packages. That way you can nourish yourself without even having to leave your bed. That's FoodTube. It will keep you alive. Shroomfortwo.com, promo code FOODTUBE. So before our next segment, we'll tell you about another sponsor this week. This sponsor is the Church of Zombology. Now, the folks at the Church of Zombology, they're sure of two things. As a free-to-play collectible card game player, you've got too much money, and you're trying to fill a void inside your heart. And the Church of Zombology, working from the insightful teachings of science fiction author J. Don Cubbard, is adept at solving both those problems. If you go to shroomfor2.com sponsor and enter promo code NOTACULT, you'll be connected with a certified zombologist who will tell you how many years of expensive classes you'll need to fill the empty space in your heart. That's shroomfor2.com sponsor, promo code NOTACULT, to find out how much of your money they need. So, now that we're on a new season, I've decided to do something I've never done before, and that is keep actual data about the games I'm playing. Because I climbed to Legend, but I don't know how long it takes or how well it does or how good any of my decks actually are, and I'm about to change that. So over the first couple of days of the new season, I've been charting all of the decks I've been playing against and what rank all the people are. Uh, A lot of people at rank 31. That has been the overall mean and median of of all these games i'm playing so that that's nice not a lot of people at a at sub 10 rank and uh for the first couple of levels i played plant decks which was uh probably unwise because i guess all of those upcoming changes to professor brainstorm cards worked as like a dog whistle for people to 
get in their brainstorm grinding while they could. Oh, yeah, maybe. And, uh, <laughs> I lost a lot of games to Valkyrie Brainstorm, which is kind of to be expected, but still kind of disappointing. I also learned that there are a lot more um, crazy heroes are running the uh, the trapper environment that does one damage to anything there, I think as just a specific FU to mushroom decks. Which yeah, that's a, that sounds like cycle cap haterade to me. Yeah, I can respect that. And uh, I learned that the hard way because the first couple of tiers I played through with the, my old mushroom Captain Combustible deck because that deck was doing really well for me last week when I was at Ultimate. But uh, not as well this time around. And some of this might have been because I was playing a couple hours after the reset, so everyone was trying to grind really hard. Took me about 36 games to climb two levels. Which is wow. uh, a little disheartening. Uh, I lost. That's about... a lot more than I would have expected. You usually zoom up the ladder. Yeah, uh, thirty-one is has always been one of the levels I've had the most trouble with. Of the thirteen games that I lost, I believe eleven of them were to some variety of Professor Brainstorm, <laughs> which you know that sucks, obviously, but it also means that it does really well against every other hero I ran into. And I was I was at the point where I was genuinely glad to see Rustbolt, which goes to show how much <laughs> this meta changes based on some of our older episodes. But uh, after I climbed two ranks, I switched over to my Barry Spadow deck, which is, it's not the high-tier Barry Spadow deck you'll see streamers using, but it's, it is the my weird version with Three Nuts and Primal Walnuts and Electric Blueberries, which... You know, if you wanted to be disingenuous, say, okay, here's a good deck with some bad cards, which, <laughs> you know, that's kind of my aesthetic of her being real. But Yeah, uh, mine too. I did a lot better on that. I ended up going uh, 10 and 2, climbing up two levels, so I felt really good about that. And then I switched over to the zombie side, because I had some zombie quests I needed to do. Pulled out the old Conjure Neptuna deck that I love so much. Went uh, 15 and 5 with that overall, over two levels, mm. and... Played against a lot of Green Shadow, but not Bean Green Shadow. A lot more P Green Shadow, which is nice to see. Interesting. So are you keeping track... Like, So I imagine you're, for every game, you're keeping track of your opponent's rank, your opponent's hero, and then whether you won or lost, but then also some kind of descriptor of the deck type that they're playing like are you are you trying yep. to categorize their deck yeah strategies you, you you guessed every column in my my notebook for on on that okay yeah um i do work with data for a living yeah most of these are you know the the best guess i can gather like you're not always going to be able to tell it's like oh they played con man on turn one uh that that could be anything and like including the 40 con man deck uh, no it was the 20 con man deck with 20 regifting zombies yeah i I think this is the first time I ran into a literal actual hacker. Although I didn't see them play five of any card, they were rank 48 two hours after the reset, and their username was I Can Teach You Hacks. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that guy guilty. And if you're out there listening, I hope your thumbs fall off, because hacking is not cool, and why even bother? Like, laddering really fast, is that is that fun? I don't get it. I take a similar stance when I play board games with strangers is like, if you're going to cheat in a game where we're just here playing and there's nothing on the line, you might as well just like, I don't know, go to the gym and punch something. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't seem to be in this for the enjoyment of your peers. You're just kind of doing this by yourself. Um, and there's a lot of other things that you could do by yourself that don't actively uh, harm or bother uh, your fellow uh, game players, so don't do that. It makes you a dumbass. 
Yeah. Although I guess uh, the change to Regifting Zombie will hopefully derail that that lame lame deck a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that Regifting Zombie just kind of has has a wide shakeup that happens because you know it's the it's the combo enabler. It's the thing that draws you through your deck that means that you find all the cards you need. So every game ends up the same. Um, not that every game ends up the same, but like you know, every game against a, a OTK Valkyrie deck involves you know them drawing a bunch of cards with Regifting Zombie and them playing a bunch of creatures and throwing them around with Final Mission uh, and then you know teleporting in a giant Valkyrie and then killing you. Um, and so like. Okay, that's cool, I guess. But if that deck was able to be less consistent by making regifting zombie harder to play, it might lead to a little more diversity. Yeah. To finish it off, I climbed one rank earlier today using a Zemek dancing deck that I shamelessly ripped off from a, a user known as Med A Gaming on YouTube, and I believe they post as U Blocks or U Box on uh, as a Twitch streamer. But yeah, that deck is really cool, and uh, even though it doesn't involve Headhunter, it is still very effective at doing a whole bunch of bullseye damage really fast, and if you need a Z-Mech deck as your your weekly uh, hero to play, then go check that out. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us for this episode of Shroom for Two. I'm really pumped that we've gotten all these high-tech corporate sponsors. You know, we made it 27 episodes before we had to sell out. Um, and, you know, I think that we had a pretty good run. And, uh, Mike, I think that uh, you'd agree that we're really pumped for this partnership with the Giant Sky Eyeball. Yeah, absolutely. I am, of course, very... Uh hesitant when it comes to matters of monetization and advertising and this was just too good of an offer to turn up and i'm really happy with the balance of sustenance and and selling out that we've done for this episode and i uh i look forward to spending this end of late 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 march watching the university of michigan beat everyone's favorite cinderella team in the basketball tournament and laddering some more and taking notes about how much I hate Professor Brainstorm. And I'm excited to spend some quality time on my new Jasper mattress. You know, getting good sleep is almost as important as being a cheapskate. And Jasper is here to help you with both things. Jasper will save you from the mattress industrial complex high markups by selling you artisanal, hand-picked mattresses that they found by the side of the road. They're harnessing the wastefulness of that guy on Craigslist who couldn't sell his old mattress and passing the savings directly onto you. And they've got an exciting new partnership with Uber, where you can flag abandoned mattresses directly in their app, and the Jasper employee will pick it up in 30 minutes or less. If there's one thing the gig economy needs, it's dirty, waterlogged mattresses. Check out shroomfor2.com slash sponsor and enter promo code bedbugs, all one word, for 99 cents off your next certified pre-owned mattress. Yes, as podcast listeners, we know how many mattresses you go through, and Jasper Mattresses is as good and legitimate as any other mattress industry out there. Absolutely, and until next week, when I buy my next mattress, I'm Taylor. And I'm Mike. But before we get any further, let's talk about dating. There are plenty of apps out there for getting a date, but what happens once you're on that date and it's pretty clear that your new friend wants to kill you? Well, now there's Murder Buddy, the only app you need to feel safe. Murder Buddy puts you in touch with a dependable wingman who is ready to alert the authorities if you go too long without checking in. Just go to the Buddy Lobby, enter a time and date you'll be out, 
grant a few permissions on your phone, and Murder Buddy takes care of the rest. That's right, with Murder Buddy, you can have peace of mind knowing that someone is looking out for you. A buddy. Go to the App Store and download Murder Buddy today and never get murdered again. That might be a little too real. I mean, that's funny <laughs> for sure, but like, that's something that people are actually concerned about. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? This is Precious Roy! April Fools! What the hell was that? Suckers!